Hey everyone, it's Becca. Welcome back to the Queer Ascendancy. We haven't recorded an episode since like July and it's December. It's the end of the year and I was like, no, we need to post something. So I am doing a solo episode today without Bestie Kels, but we will be doing an episode together soon. Um, If you follow either of us on our stand Twitter, you will see that like some our interests can change a lot so we weren't in like a star wars mood and now we're starting to get back into that again especially callous with the new high republic stuff i am still very much behind on high republic i've read one book one singular high republic book so i am not the expert on that but i know callous wants to talk about that in a podcast and i know that i created a twitch so that we could stream but i don't feel like doing that today because that's something I feel like you need to plan so that people can show up and I don't feel like doing that but I will do it at some point I promise um maybe like the next episode with like when it's the both of us and we can have people ask questions and stuff I think that'd be really fun to do live episodes um so yeah new episode honestly I'm looking at the agenda from that I wrote up for my solo episode that I sent to Kels when did I send it in discord October 4th So my brain might have forgotten about some of the topics that I wanted to bring up, but so it's fine. This episode might be shorter, but I wanted us to get the momentum going for the podcast again, get people in, like stay interested and excited. And yeah, so that's exactly what I'm doing. We have a lot of announcements with Star Wars right now, especially with Jedi Survivor, the book, I don't remember the name of it right this second, but the book that takes place before Jedi Survivor and we have The Mandalorian and The Bad Batch coming out next year. I'm very excited about The Mandalorian because it's the first thing that introduced me to Star Wars. The only reason that I even watched The Mandalorian was because an actress I used to like is in the show and I wanted to support her and I was like wait this is like really good I'm kind of obsessed. So that's how I got into Star Wars. I think I've said that before on this podcast, but if this is the first episode you're listening to, there's the quick story. And before I get into the episode, there is something very important that I want to talk about and bring up. Um, With The Bad Batch coming out, I want to use our podcast and what platform we have to spread awareness for the unwhitewash the bad batch movement um i will be in the description i will be putting in the twitter the link tree and the change.org petition that you can sign the movement is backed and created and fueled by fans of color disabled fans neurodivergent fans and jewish fans um I think this is very important to bring up. I'm looking at the Twitter page now because I want to make sure I mention important things. Please sign the petition if you can because it seems like the clones, like in general, are becoming whiter, which is concerning and is something that we all need to care about. And with the Bad Batch coming out on January 4th next year... I think it's something that definitely needs to be talked about and we need to keep this momentum going 
or it's going to get swept under the rug, it's going to get ignored, and this account on Twitter really explains all the issues with the Bad Batch that need to be addressed, the issues with racism and anti-Semitism and all that stuff. Um, so definitely check it out on Twitter at TBB. I'll put all this in the description so you can go support it. They have all the information on there. And yeah, so please take a look at that. If you haven't heard about this movement or haven't really like realized that this was an issue, this is a great place to go to. It's a really good resource and they have a lot of information about it so that you can educate yourselves on this issue. Um, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that before going into anything else because it's important and we need to keep this momentum going. And yeah, so hashtag unwhitewash TBB. And yes, so now I didn't even really introduce myself, but the first thing was very much more important than my introduction. My name is Becca, who pronouns are she, her. And the question that I picked, it was originally a Halloween question because I made this in October, but it's obviously not October anymore. It was going to be a Halloween question. So now I'm just doing characters that I can from Star Wars. And I picked two because they were in my TikTok. If you follow me on TikTok, it's uh, Ray and Finn. And I don't know if I should go into it or if I should just let everyone guess. Like if you know me, then you'd probably be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But for me with Finn, he is unconditionally loyal to people and I definitely relate to that very much um he is one of the most selfless characters in Star Wars in my opinion and I often see myself as a selfless person and he is so devoted to the people that he cares about especially Rey and that's definitely me and he often in my opinion tends to ignore himself he he usually tends to care about everyone else before caring about himself and in some ways that is a strength in other ways that is a weakness and i definitely relate to that very much for ray Ray has this, like, inner child, childlike energy to her, especially in The Force Awakens that I very much relate to. That, like, oh, well, like, I have to survive and do what I need to do, but I also am a silly little child and will put a pilot helmet on my head while I'm eating breakfast, like, that sort of energy. And Ray doesn't give up. She has moments where she quote does give up and I relate to that too where you're like okay that's it like I'm done I'm over it but then you get that push of inspiration like in the rise of Skywalker where she's like no this is not ending this way I need to keep fighting I need to do what I need to do and I definitely relate to that very much and I relate to like giving people second chances and quote wanting to save people I personally do not ship Raylo but if you do fine i just want to make that known with that comment i do not ship Raylo, but if you do you're you're fine 
you're good. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, I could go honestly do an in-depth analysis about Rey Skywalker and how much I love her and adore her and relate to her because her character is so important to me. Um, she also has abandonment issues, which, haha, <laughs> wink, wink, I might have those just a little bit. And she, while her parental issues are much different than mine, I also have some sort of parental issues. Mom, dad, if you're listening, you didn't hear that. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, those are the two characters from Star Wars that I can think of that I can and probably can many more, but those two are very special and important to me. The sequels, honestly, are, have a, they have a very close place in my heart. I know a lot of people don't like the sequels. I love them. I love them. When I rewatch a Star Wars movie, it's normally one of the sequels movies or Rogue One. Like, those movies are so special to me. And I don't know. I just like the energy of them. I know the writing could be better. The tropes could be better. There's a canon stuff. But like, they're just entertaining to watch. And especially The Force Awakens. I love seeing like Rey being the scavenger and then all of a sudden getting thrown into the resistance when it was something that she didn't she couldn't concern herself with because she needed to survive, which is literally the same as Jen or so. Literally the same. They are direct parallels to each other. And I think that's really cool. And like seeing how they get thrown into something and that it becomes their whole life. And they would do anything for these causes, which is... Mm, if they would have met, if they could have known each other... I think they would have loved each other. I think they would have been besties. Jin and Ray would have been besties. And uh, it's tragic. But at least Ray <laughs> doesn't end up dying. <laughs> but, you know, it is fine. Rogue One is literally the best Star Wars movie. I don't care what anyone says. It's the best. It's best cinematically. It's the best plot-wise. It's the best with, in general. It's, it's everything. It's everything to me. Um... I'm trying to, th because I didn't edit <laughs> my agenda, because I, I know that um, Andor ended, which I've only seen three episodes so far. I need to catch up. So I don't want to talk too much about Andor until I'm caught up. I watched The Tales of the Jedi, and I'm going to keep it real. It was just okay. I didn't like, the cha like them changing canon, but like, I mean, <laughs> they did it. So it's not much we can do about it. I wish they would have looked into more Jedi that we don't get to hear more about. Um, I like s seeing more about Dooku. I think that was very interesting. I Even though... Listen, canon stuff, but I really liked seeing the his connection, relationship storyline with Yaddle. I'm glad that Yaddle got some more uh, screen time and more of like a background story and more characterization, that sort of thing. Um, I liked 
the Ahsoka, the first Ahsoka one. I did not like the one that kind of like took bits and pieces from the Ahsoka novel and did its own little thing. I didn't like that. Um, I think it erased uh, an important character, which is Caden. I think Caden was a very important character to Ahsoka's story. And the Ahsoka novel in general was very important. Sorry, I'm like sitting on the floor right now. It was very important to Ahsoka's story, and I feel like um, that took away, took away from some of it. I did like, in that episode, the fight scene with um, the Inquisitor. I love the Inquisitors. I love learning about them. I love hearing their stories. I like seeing them exist. I love... I think they're so interesting. And you have to like also think about that these are all traumatized people traumatized force users traumatized jedi who were tortured and forced in some ways to join the dark side example trilisa duri which is a great segue into jedi fallen order jedi survivor in the book i am so excited for the book and the new game because i loved the first game so much if you know me you know that i love chela saduri she is one of my all-time favorite star wars characters i love bd1 he's one of my all-time favorite droids i really loved the story that jfo did i had my issues with the game itself because some parts were like ridiculously hard for no reason i had to go on youtube to look up some of the like puzzles and stuff but it was overall a very fun game and I remember watching Trilla's scene and I got so mad because she was literally switching over to the- I, I do believe she crossed over to the light before Vader killed her. That's what I believe personally. You, you will not take that away from me. But I'm hoping for at least a Trilla mention in either the book or the game. Like a Trilla mention, a thought, a little crumble because I would like to see how Seer processes- Trilla's death. You know what I mean? Because Seer blames herself for what happened with Trilla. And Trilla also blamed Seer for what happened to her. So I think that that would be really interesting to look into. Um, because Trilla was Seer's Padawan. You know? Um, and I will love Trilla until I die. And I'm very excited for the book. The cover, like the cover that they released a couple days ago chef's kiss i'm very excited i don't i remember when i saw the trailer for jedi survivor for the game and i was like oh my god it's been, i'm so excited i love it it was the i played the game like soon after i got first got into star wars so jedi fallen order also has a special place in my heart like the mandalorian does it's wonderful if you have not played the game you should and if you don't have access to something like that, you watch a playthrough of the game. Seriously, it's wonderful. Um, yes, so that was not in the agenda, but I had to bring it up. And also, I'm very excited for The Mandalorian next year. Very excited. As I said, The Mandalorian was the first thing, when, like literally the first thing I watched Star Wars wise, so it is a very special place in my heart. I love Din and Grogu's connection. I... It's everything to me, and I also love Bo-Katan, and I am so excited to see her in this season being terrible. <laughs> I, I love it. I eat that shit up, okay? 
Um, so I'm very excited. I'm wearing my Mandalorian um, long sleeve shirt that I got off of a small business from Etsy. Like, I bought this maybe like a year ago, year and a half, a while ago. It was a long time ago. But uh, it's one of my favorites. I love it so much because it has a uh, dent on it. And then it has This Is The Way in Mandoa. Mandoa? Is that how you pronounce it? There's so many different Star Wars languages that I can't keep up, you know. But I'm trying to think. Bad Batch is coming out soon, which I mentioned the unwhitewashed Bad Batch thing, which, again, please check that out. I am, I love the Bad Batch. I don't love the, those issues with ableism, racism, and anti-Semitism, that sort of thing. I do not like that, and I will call that out always. You should always criticize the media you consume if you don't. I, I feel like you're being complacent, like you're just allowing it to exist like that when it shouldn't. Um, so I just wanted to say that again. But the Bad Batch. I'm excited. I think Crosshair is definitely going to be rejoining the Batch. But I don't think it's going to last. I think Crosshair is going to end up dying at some point within the Bad Batch series, however long it's going to run. I don't think Crosshair is going to make it to the end. I don't think... Because we don't see them in any other Star Wars stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if neither of them made it. But, like, I really hope, like, Omega makes it. You know, I want her and Boa to meet. Because I saw a clip, and I didn't even recognize this when the, sh when the episode of the um, Book of Boba Fett aired, where he and the Tuscans were... It was with the... What? F the Pike Syndicate, where they were on that little train thing, and they did all that. Uh, someone pointed out that a little part of Omega's theme was playing when he was talking to them. When Boba was talking to the Pikes. And I think that's very interesting. Why would Omega's theme play? You know, I want Omega to exist in other Star Wars media. I want all the Bad Batch too, but I don't think that's very likely. Considering, like, how their story goes, you know? But we'll see. Um, this is... <laughs> the <laughs> I need to mention this this happened a while ago but we the podcast we're called the queer ascendancy everyone knows this we were spelling ascendancy two different ways we were spelling ascendancy d e n c y in some places and then d a n c y in others and our our freaking like logo or like cover art for everything had the incorrect spelling and but then like our other stuff like our usernames had the correct spelling and I was like oh my god how did we not know like usually with my brain I notice very minuscule miniature tiny details I am usually very like I'm when it comes to details I'm very like obsessive about that I am and so how I miss that is beyond my understanding but the, but the hardest I'm like it's not your fault we missed it 
And then it got fixed. But I thought that was really funny. And I made a TikTok about it. And no one thought it was as funny as I thought it As I did. Because I got no comments. But I digress. I'm just kidding. Um, I also tweeted Mike Chen. And asked if we should do a Brotherhood episode. And he said yes. And I never did it. And now my brain like doesn't remember a lot of Brotherhood. But I do want to mention it. Because Mike Chen. I told you that I would talk about it. I need to honest. There's some Star Wars books I want to reread. I want to reread Brotherhood. And I want to reread Thrawn 2017. Because Thrawn 2017 is the best gay romance novel of our time. But Brotherhood. I will mention that it is one of my favorite Star Wars books. I thought Mike Chen did a very good job at writing about Anakin's like prosthetic hand and how he was coping with that and how he had to deal with the loss of his regular hand and what's the word I'm looking for? Like he had to relearn how to do things. And we know he doesn't like sand because he has very deep-rooted issues with that sort of thing. I know it's like a big like meme in the Star Wars community, but he does have deep issues with it. And that's what he meant when he told Padme, I don't like sand. Like, we, we know why, you know? And there was a specific passage that I remember where it was talking about the sand getting stuck in his uh, hand. And I was like, this is such a good intimate detail that I didn't know I needed but I'm so glad I got it you know what I mean so I really like the way that Mike Chen addressed Anakin's disability I think that's very important um I loved Mill she was my favorite character in the whole book and the book wasn't even like like the main focus was supposed to be Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi but Mill ended up being like my favorite character because she kind of, in some ways, really reminded me of Anakin and paralleled to Anakin a lot. And her decision to choose a different path than being like a Jedi, I think if Anakin would have had the same thinking journey as she did, I, th- I think Anakin would have been much happier not being like a Jedi. You know what I mean? And I think Mel was a direct parallel to him. And her, she was questioning everything. And she learned... I don't remember that much. But I love the way she was written. I hope we could see more of her. Somewhere. Anywhere. Because her story was very interesting. I love her very much. Um, I love that Bestie Asajj Ventress was in the book. Causing drama. Manipulating Katar as one does but it was really easy for her to do that because Qatar already held certain anger towards the Republic and she just kind of used that manipulated and amplified it um I really liked uh Rug Rug I believe is how you pronounce her name I thought she was very cool because she was kind of like yeah like this is my planet but I want the truth and I'm not gonna just follow along with what this Asajj Ventress is saying and I like that she was on Obi-Wan's side because she saw that he was trying to really find the truth in the situation and for her that was how she was being patriotic 
um, for her people was to find out the truth, which I think is very important. Um, and I loved Anakin and Mill's little, like, kind of master Padawan thing that they had going. I think if a, honestly, I think if Ahsoka had not existed in Star Wars, I think Mill would be a great Padawan for Anakin. I really do. I just needed to say that. Um, but the book, like, just overall, the writing was very nice. It was very fluid. It flowed beautifully. And if you have not read it, I'm sorry that I spoiled some of the book for you. I should have put a spoiler warning, but it's been out for a bit. So, you know, it's not totally my fault. But you should definitely read it. And I'm going to say this because um, we did a thing, because we asked Twitter anything from the book that they wanted us to talk about. And someone said the Annie Dollar Speeder moment. And I'm just going to say this. It made me cringe. I, Annie Doll is fine, but they're, like, they're just fine for me. And that moment was cringy. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I understand why they're doing it because, like, they never get to be alone. And their little date was cute, you know? But, uh, the moment was kind of cringy for me. Someone said B1 Battle Droids, which... And I even wrote this as a note. I don't remember them being in the book that much. And that's all I have to say about that. Anakin getting sliced by Obi-Wan's lightsaber. And my note is deserved. <laughs> I thought it was funny. It just shows how chaotic the two of them are whenever they're together. Whenever Anakin and Obi-Wan are in the same vicinity, chaos happens every single time. And someone wanted us to talk about Sister. Um, which... I wrote that this is more for Kels and they wanted to, they did talk about Sister in our Pride episode. That is more Kels's expertise, area of expertise. That is not mine. So if you want to hear about Sister and people talking about Sister, you should listen to our Pride episode. But I thought it was very cool that that was included. I thought, you know, because... The only other um, female clone that we know of is Omega. So it's really cool that, you know, Sister is a transgender woman. I think, And, like, the clones just accept that. And they're not transphobic towards her, which I think is very awesome and cool. One of my notes is Mike Chen is a genius, which is very true. Mike Chen... Please write more Star Wars books. Please. Like, Brotherhood was just... It felt like I was... The way it flowed felt like a Thrawn book for me. And I love, especially Thrawn 2017. So, for me to compare to Timothy Zahn's writing and saying that Mike Chen was, like, on par with that is, like, a very high compliment because Thrawn 2017 is my favorite book, like, Star Wars book ever. Um, Other Star Wars books I have read since Brotherhood just to like bring everyone up to date it's Dark Disciple and Padawan I also did read the Ahsoka novel that was before Brotherhood and I read all like the Thrawn Ascendancy novels but again that was before I read Brotherhood and I'm sure I've talked about it in other episodes um, Dark Disciple is one of my favorite Star Wars books I read it and I was sobbing like I made a 
Ventress and Voss shit playlist that I'm still working on because I forgot about it. I, oh my god, I love them. I love them together. I wish we got more of them. I wish we got that arc in the Clone Wars as well as the book. I wish we got both because I think the book did a bit, would have 100% done a better job of telling that story than the show would have. But I would have loved to see some of it animated. You know, it was so good. And I really like that it still shows how Obi-Wan like somewhat trusts Ventress and vouches for her. And he's even, he even comes with Voss to bury her. Like, <laughs> that's everything to me. Um, and I just, seeing Voss being a direct parallel to Anakin Skywalker. And Anakin being like, well, attachments are not good in the Jedi Order. But Padme, you and I are different. <laughs> like, I'm like, shut up. Are you serious? Anakin, do not speak. And Padme called him out, and I'm so glad she did. Because Voss is, has a very similar energy to Anakin. Like, they are quite literally the same person in different fonts. And I'm not... Ventress is nothing like Padme. Like, that is a major difference between the ships. Ventress is nothing like Padme. But the storylines have a few similarities. In general, where, like, forbidden love... And doing anything that you can to save the one that you love, falling to the dark side because of it, that sort of energy. And hearing Voss's name in the Kenobi series, giving us a little hint that he's around, I really hope that he is shown somewhere in Star Wars again. He has to. He ha Like, he's out there. And I would like to see where he's at right now. And how he's processing everything. Because he fell to the dark side very heavily. But he was able to, like, come back somewhat from it. Not It was quicker than Anakin. Anakin, it took him a very long time. It took Luke Skywalker <laughs> years and years later, you know. But Dark Disciple, very well written. It flowed very well. And I loved... I really loved the banter between... Voss and Ventress in the beginning chapters of the book. I wish it lasted longer. I love that. I love that. I love that trope. Just the bickering, the like sarcasm. I love it. I eat that shit up. Um, Padawan. Pa for me, like Padawan wasn't my favorite book. It was just okay. But I thought it was very important to Obi-Wan's development and growth. And I really loved learning. I don't remember the name of the planet. But I love learning about that planet and all the kids on there and Obi-Wan kind of figuring out where his place is in the Jedi Order and his relationship with Qui-Gon and how rocky it was at first because what we see in The Phantom Menace is not what happens in the book. Like, they have to work up to that point and I thought that was very interesting. I'm currently reading Shadow of the Sith. I'm still re I wrote that in October. I'm still reading it. A lot of stuff happened to me, Okay. I've been like going through it, so I've been not very passionate about reading books. I've been reading fan fiction instead. <laughs> My Hero Academia fan fiction, I should say. Um, I have Andor stuff as a note, but I'm like I said, I'm gonna keep it real with you. I don't think I should talk about Andor yet until I've seen all of it. Um, sorry, Stardust M Bestie, if you're listening. I will say 
the one note, one of the notes I put is Cyril. I hope, I don't know how, how to pronounce his fucking name, but you, you know who I'm talking about. He's a pathetic man. Plain and simple. I also wrote notes about police brutality and corruption and how Andor, like, in the first three episodes was addressing that very well. And I think... <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm looking at another note and I chuckled. That's why I laughed. I think from what I saw of Andor, it's doing a really good job about addressing those themes. Those very, like, important themes. Um... I don't want to talk about anything else until I have watched Andor fully. And then we will get back to you on Andor stuff. Okay, so next. <laughs> this is kind of like a very specific topic that a lot of you will not be able to like enjoy. <laughs> but I really want to do it. Um, My Hero Academia and Star Wars thrown together. I am doing Star Wars characters as My Hero Academia characters, which you're probably thinking, Becca, what the hell are you doing? I don't watch My Hero Academia. Well, you should. It actually is very good. There is some stuff in it, you know, that isn't, like, great. But overall, I really, I love the show so much. And I'm very excited for Saturday's episode because Dobby's Dance is happening. But we're not going to get into that because this is a Star Wars podcast. If you want to listen... To me, rant about other stuff. You have to listen to my other podcast, which I will talk about at the end. Um, so, Star Wars characters, my hero academia characters. First up, we have Han Solo as Hawks. <laughs> I think for people that have seen My Hero Academia, it makes sense. It's that like cocky, pretty boy energy, but deep down, they have a lot of deep rooted issues and trauma that they just don't talk about. Uh, I put Ahsoka Tano as Kendo and Ochako. You might be thinking, like, Ochako's personality is very different from Ahsoka's. But just like Ahsoka had to learn from her hardships, Ochako did too. Like, especially with her uh, fight against Bakugo, she really learned how to be a better fighter and how to use her quirk better. And... So, like, Ahsoka has Kendo energy because Kendo's kind of, like, has that big sister type of energy that Ahsoka has in Rebels towards Ezra. Um, and I don't know. She just kind of, like, Kendo's very, like, she has her head on her shoulders. She is a great fighter. She's a good leader. And she also can put people in their place, <laughs> you know? And next we have Asajj Ventress as a midnight. <laughs> and listen, they just, not like 100% the same person, but their energies are just, they just make sense to me. I don't know how else to explain it. Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> this is interesting. I put three different characters for Anakin. I put All Might, Bakugo, and Shigaraki. And you might be wondering, Becca? What the hell? Well, of course, Anakin's gonna have three different characters because his story is so complex. I think it's all my energy in the overconfidence. Like, I might be struggling, but I'm not gonna show it until I absolutely have to type of energy. And all my is this, like, 
he was this all-powerful like hero and Anakin seems like this all-powerful Jedi who just isn't stopping you know like he for him there's no end in sight before you know he becomes Vader you know what he kind of has Hawk's energy too especially Clone Wars Anakin has Hawk's energy and I'm gonna add that he is like Bakugo in the sense that he is very angry Bakugo is an angry person but he's been working through that Bakugo's been having a great character arc right now let me just say um and I don't think Anakin is 100% like Bakugo, but I definitely see relations between their anger and their emotions and that sort of thing. Because especially when Anakin like connects with the dark side, that's when I see it the most. And Bakugo tends to keep his feelings pushed down or it manifests as anger. And I see that with Anakin. I put Shigaraki because Shigaraki was oh trigger morning i'm gonna be talking about grooming shigaraki was groomed by all for one all for one took shigaraki's trauma and manipulated it to his advantage to create this dangerous villain that would help carry out all for one's agenda which is exactly what happened to anakin skywalker he was groomed by Palpatine or Sidious and he became Darth Vader and he was used heavily as a killing machine for the Empire which is literally the same thing as Shigaraki um although Anakin was able to come back we don't know that about Shigaraki yet I don't it does, it's not looking good for Shigaraki in the anime next is Obi-Wan I think Obi-Wan reminds me of Aizawa that mentor take no shit, gonna question you type of energy. I also think Obi-Wan needs sleep like Aizawa does. Aizawa shows it more often with the bags under his eyes and the sleeping bag. And I think Obi-Wan would benefit from just bringing a sleeping bag around and going and like taking a little nap. Yoda is like Principal Nezu, our little hamster rodent friend, because He's wise, you know? He's a wise principal for uh, UA. He, he's very, like, his quirk is literally, like, like, this, like, super intelligence. Like, he's very, he's more intelligent than humans, which, in some ways, people see Yoda as that, and people come to Yoda for all this advice, or what to do in a situation, or Yoda tends to lead important conversations especially when it comes to morality and safety and that sort of thing and that is what Nensu does Quinlan Voss Clone Wars Quinlan Voss not dark side dark disciple Quinlan Voss but Clone Wars Quinlan Voss reminds me of present Mike I don't you might be wondering what is that even it's the chaos present Mike is chaotic but he gets the job done which is exactly what that is Quinlan that is Quinlan okay for Ezra Bridger I picked Kaminari, and you might be wondering, Becca, why would you pick Kaminari? Because Ezra's a goof, but he's also very powerful and strong. And Kaminari is the same. He's a goof, but he's powerful, he's strong, he cares about his friends, and he's grown a lot, which is, which to me is Ezra Bridger. Like, when he needed to, Ezra did, like, Ezra did what he had to do with 
at the end of season four with Thrawn and Kaminari in okay, um, My Hero Academia season six spoilers. Um, Kaminari was scared to go into this battle against the Paranormal Liberation Front, and you know Midnight like encourages him, and then you know his his quirk is uh, electricity, that sort of you know his his hero name is literally Chargeable, <laughs> so he. There's a villain on the other side with this like high voltage quirk and Kaminari just brushes off the fear, pushes it away, and does what needs to be done to help everyone continue on with the mission. Which is Ezra Bridger. Okay? It is Ezra. Okay. <laughs> for Palpatine and Thrawn, I picked all for one. Oh, the crack of my foot on the hardwood floor. I hope you didn't hear that. Palpatine and Thrawn, all for one. You may be wondering, Becca, Palpatine and Thrawn are not the same person. And you're right, they are not the same person. But they both have similarities to All for One. I'm going to explain why. All for One is this villain who, he's like in the shadows, but he's like super smart and seems to be one step ahead of everyone. He is this big bad villain who is super powerful, is able to easily manipulate people into doing what needs to be done. He's strategic. He's a mentor to uh, Shigaraki, which I told you. He literally groomed him to be his protege, which is exactly what Palpatine did to Anakin Skywalker. And Palpatine is literally this all-powerful being especially in the sequels, hiding in the shadows and manipulating things in the shadows. And that is exactly what All for One does. Now, with Thrawn, Thrawn always seemed to be one step ahead, like 99% of the time. He's highly intelligent. He is very good at tactical stuff and that, like, that sort of thing. And I think that's All for One as well. So next is Luke Skywalker as Izuku Midoriya. Izuku Midoriya is the main protagonist of My Hero Academia, and it's basically his story of how he becomes the greatest hero. He's like the chosen one because he had no quirk, and All Might gave him his quirk, and it's this whole thing. Luke Skywalker, um, at first, was just farmer. And then he became one of the most well-known Jedi in the galaxy. And he had to learn how to train to be a Jedi, how to push past certain feelings or to not give in to certain feelings. And I just think that's Izuku Midoriya, especially right now with what's going on in the anime right now. I don't want to say too much because, you know, I don't want to like spoil, but Rey Skywalker. Rey Skywalker could honestly be Izuku Midoriya too. But I put her as Momo Yayorozu. And the reason is because um, Bestie Momo is a, has a very powerful quirk. But she's in like a few of the seasons in the anime, she's very unsure of herself. And would question making decisions or would be ner- like would be very nervous or you know what I mean? And I feel like that's Ray Skywalker. At the beginning, because, like, she's unsure about everything, or, like, kind of, like, in the way that Jim was, like, oh, like, I don't want to get, like, super involved, like, I'll do the 
I'll do what I can, but, like, I want to go back to, like, you know, go back to Jakku. And with Momo, she becomes this, like, fierce leader, especially in this new season. She becomes this very fierce leader, and that is exactly what Ray becomes. This anxious... Um, well, Momo isn't, like, traumatized. She's actually very pri- privileged, but for Ray, this anxious, traumatized person becomes this powerful Jedi and defeats Palpatine and saves the galaxy and also is able to help save Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo, which, Ray Skywalker, I love you. And Momo is... Come starts as sorry I didn't my words weren't working. She starts as this character who has a lot of confidence. Like she pushes out this confidence, but but didn't have a lot of confidence with her. Like not a lot of self confidence, which I believe was Ray. And that is all the characters that I put down. I did have another segment, um, which I think is kind of it's it's gonna sound ridiculous. So, um, characters that would listen to Young Greedy, just as a fun little ending, um, without any explanation. I'm not going to explain this. Han Solo, Ezra Bridger, and Clone Wars Anakin. That's it. Do what you will with that information. Um, yes. So that is it. That's all I have for the episode. I wanted to shout out my personal podcast, Chatting with Becca. I revamped the podcast and I have an Instagram and a Twitter for it so I'll put that in the description. You should definitely give it a listen, follow, support me on my personal podcast journey as well as the Star Wars podcast uh, journey with Kels. So I will put that in the description. I will put the um, whitewash Bad Batch stuff in the description as well. And golly gosh, I think that's it. This is a decently long solo episode. My first solo episode was only like 30 minutes long. And I almost talked for a full hour. Um, yeah, so I guess that's it. My passion for Star Wars is starting to come back with all the new announcements and all that stuff. I just like, I've been very depressed, okay? I've been dealing with like mental health stuff and like disability stuff. So I haven't felt as deep of a connection with Star Wars for some reason it was like oh that's old news I'm I'm into anime now but it's being revamped that desire to be into Star Wars stuff again I really need to finish uh, Shadow of the Sith it's a really good book but I like because it's taking me so long to read it, I keep forgetting things so like I can't even make like a good episode but with Kels Kels would be able to help me with that because Kels read it and Kels is really good at like taking charge of conversations when it comes to the Star Wars books 100% um and yeah so that's it um thank you all so much for listening thanks for sticking around uh because we looked at our Spotify wrapped for the podcast well I did and I posted it so that Kels could see it too and then everyone could see it and I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who listens to this podcast and has supported us throughout this journey and I know that we go on long hiatuses um we are not a podcast that posts every week or every other we don't have like a set schedule we kind of just be like when we're ready we record again we don't try to 
and I'm not saying the other podcasts do this at all. For us, we don't force ourselves to record if we really can't. Like, there have been times where we've had to push record, like, recording stuff just because we couldn't. Or because, you know, I have a chronic sore throat. And my throat, I've been talking for almost 50 minutes straight. My throat hurts a lot. So I'll be drinking some throat code tea after this. But yes, thank you so much for listening. Um, Star Wars is better when it's gay. Follow us on Twitter and on TikTok. All that stuff will be in the description as it always is. And I'm going to be super duper duper corny. May the force be with you. (laughs) Bye everyone.